The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and began, beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In Matthew 8, the disciples are on the Sea of Galilee when a storm whips up and nearly swamps the boat they are sailing, and Jesus nearly sleeps through all of the commotion. When they wake him and call out to him, Lord, save us, we are perishing, he says to them, Why are you afraid, you of little faith? And Matthew tells us, Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a dead calm. And now, in Matthew 14, after healing the sick and teaching about the kingdom of heaven, after the miraculous feeding of the 5,000, we have another sea tale. Matthew tells us that after the people were fed and satisfied, Jesus went off on his own, and the disciples set sail, planning to cross to the other side. But this time, it isn't a storm that frightens the disciples. Matthew says the boat was battered by waves, so they were probably exhausted and soaked through and through. But they weren't afraid of the sea this time. They only cried out in fear when they saw Jesus walking on the sea toward them. While the translation we just read says these events took place in the early morning, the Greek is more exact, saying it was the fourth watch of the night, which is between 3 and 6 a.m. 
Most of us would probably call that the wee hours of the night, not early morning. About 15 years ago, I was on the crew of a boat sailing from Annapolis, Maryland to Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and I remember taking a fourth watch. Even with modern running lights, electronic instruments, and lighthouse beacons, it is dark at night on the open water. And at that hour, you aren't expecting to see much of anything. So it's no wonder that in the midst of the fog and shifting shadows of those wee hours, the disciples thought Jesus was a ghost. But I don't want to just sail past that detail. The disciples have just spent days with Jesus soaking in his teaching, watching his compassion and love for the suffering and the hungry, and learning from him. They had shared in the abundance of God's goodness with the crowds less than 12 hours before, but now they do not even recognize him? If we are honest, we know we don't often fare a lot better. We worship together, hear scripture, offer our confession and receive forgiveness, pray and praise God for all that God gives us. And yet in an instant, when we become frustrated, angry, or afraid, we forget everything we know about God and who we are as God's children. It's likely that in their uncertainty, the disciples reverted to their base instincts and seized onto what they had been taught about the sea. That it is threatening, a place of chaos, and represents all the anxieties, powers, and principalities that threaten the good created order. Operating from that space, they thought what they were seeing must be an apparition, and perhaps it had been sent to them by one of those destructive forces. Is it any wonder that they cried out? The experience of miracle and wonder from the day before was lost as were any of the comforting words that Jesus had said to them earlier. He had told them, the hairs of your head are counted, so do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Yet they became afraid, and in their fear and anxiety, they could not recognize the very presence of God with them in Jesus. Matthew says, immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Again, the Greek is more specific than the English. What Jesus says is ego emi, I am. The very same words that God spoke to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses, to reveal to them that God was with them. Immediately, 
Jesus reminds them of a gospel truth that is more enduring than anything they have been taught about earthly things. They are not alone. The God of Israel, the same God who delivered their ancestors from slavery under Pharaoh and exile in Babylon, is with them. This isn't some remote God in the farthest heavens. This is God within arm's reach. Right there in the soup with them. So first Jesus reminds them who God is. Emmanuel, God with us. And then he commands them, take heart or be of good courage. Caroline Lewis writes that the root meaning of the English word courage is the Latin cor, or the French cure, or heart, which may explain why our English translations vary. The two other places where Matthew includes this command to take heart are when Jesus speaking to the paralytic brought to him, laying on a mat, says, Take heart, your sins are forgiven. And when he healed the hemorrhaging woman who had touched his cloak, saying, Take heart, your faith has made you well. Faith is never just an intellectual exercise. It is always a matter of the heart. The good news for us today is that the same God, the same I am who delivered our ancestors and who lived among us in the flesh as Jesus is right here with us today. In the fifth month of a pandemic that has asked us all to stay safer at home and wear masks to reduce the spread of the virus, in the disruption of business and employment, in the uncertainty facing our students and teachers, administrators and parents preparing for a new school year, in the boredom and the exhaustion and in the fear and unanswered questions, God is with us through it all. The story of the disciples does make me ask, though, where, where has my uncertainty and my fear kept me from seeing God present in my life and in the world around me? When have I forgotten that I have witnessed God's good in the world? As we go about our lives this week, may we experience Jesus' words for us. Be of good courage, beloved. God is right here within arm's reach. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, thank you for your forgiveness and mercy even when obstacles keep us from seeing you and we forget how near you are. 
Thank you for your son, Jesus, who shows us your steadfast love and presence. Open our hearts to the good we witness in the world and show us where we can participate in your kingdom even now. We pray in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. <laughs>